We are the Ishtar Collective, a website dedicated to categorizing the law of destiny. You can find us online at www.ishtar-collective.net and on Twitter at IshtarCall. That's Ishtar C-O-L-L. I'm Baxter, the founder of the Ishtar Collective. I'm Purple Chimera, the lead archivist at the Ishtar Collective. And today we are going to talk about the Battle of Twilight Gap. So, the first question that we have is, whereabouts did this occur? Um, well, around the city, basically. Yeah. It was an attack on the city. So, um, we know with the Battle of Six Fronts that it was kind of... Well, when Six Fronts is described, you know, I think it says, was it like... Um, Four orders of titans defended the six fronts to the to the city, something something like that. Yes. Um, but we don't actually we we know of a, a few specific locations, but we don't really know. Like, was the city surrounded? It certainly seems like it. Yeah. I mean, it was a it was you know it's described as the most significant battle in the history of the city, so. Even though we only have a couple of locations that are act- that are actually described, it seems likely that it was a full-scale assault. Yeah, I would agree with that. So that brings us to the question of who was involved in that assault. Well, it was a fallen um, attacking the city, and... According to the House of Devils card, they're the ones who let it. The House Devils card says, this is the house that led the battle at, twi- at the Twilight Gap, the house we tell our children about to frighten them into behaving. So on the surface, that seems like who was in charge. Yeah. And that's a, uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I had a question around... Um, so, so Purple had said that um, it was led by the House of Devils, and throughout the the story and throughout other other grimoire cards, we are led to believe that it's the kings that pull the strings of the devils. Um, but it's true, we don't actually have any evidence to suggest that the kings were pulling the strings here. And we don't know exactly when the kings started taking control of the House of Devils either. Yeah. I mean, it might be that they've always had some influence over the devils, but it seems like it was the devil's kel that was killed at Twilight Gap. So perhaps during Twilight Gap, the the devils still had some sort of autonomy, um, some sort of self-governance. Yeah. In any case, it was every fallen house that we are aware of, except for the House of Wolves. Um, House of Wolves didn't make it because of the Reef, which we'll talk about in another episode about the Reef Wars. (laughs) But suffice to say for now that um, pretty much everyone, although we're not sure about House Exile. Yeah, I try to find some evidence of House Exile being mentioned with regards to Twilight Gap, 
and I couldn't I couldn't find anything. But I, I don't know. I th- for me that, that that could go either way. Um, I wouldn't be too surprised if there were members of House Exile involved in the battle. But equally, I wouldn't be too surprised if um, I mean they they don't they follow no Kel, and they have no Archon. Um, I don't think. I mean, they must have some servitors um, because of the way that fallen um, physiology works. But yeah, we we do. I don't think we have any any evidence of some sort of prime servitor for the for the exiles. So it might be that without any without any um, any kind of leadership, there was nobody to coordinate with. You know, there was nobody to kind of to sit. Hey, let's go to Earth and help our our brothers fight or whatever. Yeah, there definitely seemed to be an exception to the rule of fallen houses. Yeah. So on our side of the battle, um, we know that Saladin, Shax, and Zavala were pretty significant, mm-hmm. um, and a hunter called Anna Bray. And then um, St. Fourteen, he was obviously pretty important as well. Um, and then we have a hunter cloak called the Cloak of the Shadow Jacks that talks about Twilight Gap. Um, although it seems unclear whether they were actually there during Twilight Gap or whether they were formed because of Twilight Gap. Yeah, um, I did wonder if they were they were formed because of Twilight Gap because it's the the um the flavor text on Cloak of the Shadow Jacks says Twilight Gap highlighted the desperate need for proactive strikes to keep the enemy off balance which suggested to me that um maybe yeah, maybe they were formed because the city kind of realized they couldn't just have this this siege mentality and wait for the enemy to come to them. But we d- we don't know basically. Yeah. So obviously there were a lot of other guardians involved as well, but we don't have names for very many of them. So these are the ones we have names for. Um so before I I think um you know the the story around in Around Saladin, Shax, and Zavala is probably one of the one of the interesting parts of Twilight Gap. But let's talk a little bit about Anna Bray first. Okay. So, what what do we know about Anna Bray? Well, we know she was a hunter. Um, she was likely. Um, oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> Golden Gun. Um, Solar hunter. I, my brain just stopped working. Uh, gunslinger. Gunslinger. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. I, I, I couldn't figure out what you were trying to say there, even though obvious in hindsight. <laughs> yeah. So she, um, she's she was a gunslinger, likely, um, and she had a cloak called Strength of the Pack, um, or at least that's the pattern that she wore during the the Battle of Twilight Gap. And I actually, um, 
you know, strength strength of the pack is a phrase that's repeated in a few different places, I think. Um, it's also is that one of the medals that you get if you're. If yeah, it's a crucible medal. Yeah. When like I forget, everyone in your fire team or everyone on your team gets a kill before one of you dies or something like that. I forget. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure which. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly why why you get it, but yeah, it's something like that. Um, and that is a reference. The the phrase "strength of the pack" is a reference to the poem by Rudyard Kipling, "The Law of the Jungle," which is referenced all over Destiny. Um, and the the particular line, you know, I don't I don't want to go off on on too much of a tangent of a tangent, but um. The full line is, as the creeper that girdles the tree trunk, the law runneth over and back, for the strength of the pack is the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the pack. The strength of the wolf medal in Crucible um, means that your team gets 10 kills without any deaths. Oh, cool. Good to know. Um, anyway, Anna Bray. Yeah, Anna Bray. So from um, her surname, we can we can kind of right. we can kind of guess that she's related to the Bray family. Well, it, you know, it's an interesting that you bring that up because the Bray family that we know of are from the Golden Age, mm-hmm. and it's pretty much assumed in. Um, that your gar- the guardians don't know what or who they were before yeah. they became guardians. Yeah. So it seems odd for a guardian to have a family name related to a golden age family. That's true. But I mean there are a few there are there are a couple of instances where there seems to be some sort of reason why the rules aren't followed. You know? So for for Anna, I've heard two theories that I think have are plausible. Mm-hmm. The first is that she was resurrected somewhere near a Clovis Bray facility, mm-hmm. and so she chose that name because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other is that at some point in her travels, she found a picture of the original Anna Bray from the Golden Age and realized that it was herself. I think that's possible. I I do wonder, and this is something that isn't, you know, we're getting off the subject of Twilight Gap here, but um, I know one of the things we've talked about is how is Cade able to remember so much of his past? And one of the the reasons that comes up is, well, you know, he's an EXO. Maybe there's just some EXO craziness going on there. Which is definitely definitely a possibility, but I think from the um, from Cade's journal, it seems possible that Cade might have survived the collapse, and much like Jaron Ward, maybe he became a guardian without dying first. Could be. And maybe the same is true of Anna Bray. Somehow, it seems 
less likely, but yeah. I mean, this is all, this is, that's very speculative. I have absolutely, there's more evidence to support Cade um, because of his journal, but there's absolutely no evidence to support that for Anna Bray, even if it was possible for Cade. So that's kind of, this is kind of speculation built on speculation. So yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um. The, the significant thing that seems to be about Anna, aside from she's got this cloak, she has a bracelet that we have to go and retrieve. Mm. Um, and then there's this quote from Shax on a Talk to Lakshmi 2 mm-hmm. quest thing um, that said, when she fired the gun, uh, as in her golden gun, where her golden blasts hit home, she left behind the pools of light, like splashes of sunlight that burned and burned. Which is not how we know Golden Gun acts. No, but I I think that's drop that's her dropping orbs of light. Could be, uh, although the previous line is we all touched the light in ways we never thought we could or should. Yeah. So. It seems to me that Shax is saying, like, because of the desperation of the Twilight Gap, mm-hmm. she reached, you know, she was using too much of her power, like she was burning out. But I know we kind of discussed this a little bit on the um, the DLC episode on um, Shin Malfa. Um, so we, we know that Shin Malfa is the um, the second owner of the last word and when you use golden gun your gun becomes the last word regardless yes. of which weapon you have equipped and we did talk a little bit in that episode um about how it's interesting how Anna Bray is described as using golden gun and uh, as though it's something in in this particular um, quote, it's as though it's something significant, whereas Guardians, you know, all all gunslingers are able to, to call on that power. Um, and I did wonder if maybe, as we discussed in the in the episode, maybe the first time Golden Gun was used was by Shin Malfa, and all subsequent times have been Guardians kind of echoing that, that power. Uh, and Maybe this is the first time that a guardian ever, like, really dug and uh, like, 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 called upon that power, which seems unlikely. I don't know, but I, I mean, maybe it's maybe it's possible that the ability to use supers is a relatively recent development. It could be. We we really don't know enough about how guardians came into the powers yeah like the different um powers that we have as far as using light to be able to really speculate on something mm-hmm. like that when when you think of the stories about the um the iron lords if i remember rightly none of those call um none of those talk about using supers i don't think so Anyway, I mean, yeah, it, it it does seem possible, but again, we don't have any evidence at this point. 
That's Although Rezel, um, Rezel Azir um, uses Fist of Havoc. Yeah, it's not that's called true. that, but that's what he did. We don't know yet where in the history the Rezel Azir card fits, but it does that's seem true. it does seem from some of the terms used, it does seem to be quite early in the chronology. You know, it seems it seems like it's um, prior to Twilight Gap anyway. Yeah, definitely before Twilight Gap. Mm. Okay, so that's Anna Bray. So do you want to talk about Shax and Saladin and Zavala, or do you want to talk about what happened during the battle before we talked about what happened at the end? Um, I guess we should talk about what happened. Um, but I mean, how much do we know about what happened? Well, we know that there was an... I- um, an increase in fallen attacks prior to the actual battle of Twilight Gap mm-hmm. that caused the city to retreat. Um, and the Crucible Map Frontier is one of the posts that got abandoned and reclaimed several times before um, it was officially abandoned and then eventually retaken over by the Crucible. Mm-hmm. Um we know that Saladin was the one who was in charge of, of the city forces. He was like the general. Mm-hmm. And that at the end, Shax led an offensive strike that ended up ending the battle and bringing us victory, although Saladin didn't like it much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the very last thing that happens as part of the battle is um, Saint Fourteen kills the Kel by headbutting him to death, <laughs> which I suppose when you take out someone's leader, that's really the end of the battle, <laughs> usually. Yeah. Um, and I did wonder: do we? Obviously, we we know um, from the 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 card that Saint Fourteen kills the Kel, and by process of elimination, we have to presume that that's the the devil's kel. Um, but do we know that that was during or immediately after the Battle of Twilight Gap? Um, the subtitle for the Legend Saint Fourteen card is called Twilight's End. Okay, I didn't realize that. That's a good call. Um, yeah, so it seems pretty likely then. Yeah, <laughs> it just says. Oh, well, it does say the devil's without a kel. This war was over ah, at last. They okay. could finally go home. I should read the card more closely. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, yeah. Um, we don't need process of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's about as conclusive as you can get yeah. with Destiny. <laughs> yeah. So, um, one of the things that you mentioned there was that uh, Saladin led the city's forces. So does that mean that Saladin was the vanguard at the time? The vanguard commander? It is my interpretation that he was. There is some talk, and I can't exactly remember where it is right now, but there are quotes and things that talk about how Zavala and Shax were Saladin's protégés, and that they that Saladin was grooming Shaxx to become 
Vanguard commander when he was going to retire. Mm-hmm. And then after the events of Twilight Gap, um, they fall out. Shax and Saladin fall out with each other and Zavala becomes com- Vanguard commander instead. Okay. And um, we also have um, the Grimoire card Ghost Fragment Abilities, which um, is a speech from Lord Saladin's induction. So I know we've, we've had a discussion before that this must have been his induction to something and it wouldn't have been the Iron Lords. So... Yeah, yeah. the only other option really that <clears throat> that seems reasonable, like the only two posts we we know about, like he likely Vanguard Commander, mm-hmm. although we don't have hard evidence of that. But the other is that he's the Iron um, Iron Banner, mm. you know, person. But mm-hmm. that seems like an odd thing to have an induction ceremony for, since he yeah. inve- like he created the Iron Banner event that the Guardians participate in every month. Yeah. So it seems weird to be like, I'm going to create this event and hold an induction ceremony <laughs> to have myself be the leader of it. Well, I mean, it does seem strange, but I guess it kind of makes sense in a, in, a, in a strange way. I don't know. I think it's far more likely that he was... Um, well, I think I think it's definitely a, a reasonable possibility that he was Vanguard Commander before Zavala. So, um, those are the events that happened. Um, shall we talk about the uh, the aftermath? Sure. So after. Words, the city shrunk back even more and and drastically increased its fortifications in an attempt to not have such a battle happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, and Saladin, it's it's pretty clear, in my opinion, that Saladin is very much a defender titan. He is very steadfast mm-hmm. in in the way that he operates. He and, Z- and Zavala are are similar in that way. Shax is much more feisty, mm-hmm. um, and uh, offensive yeah. in tactical nature. Mm-hmm. And depending on your interpretation of his comments, possibly offensive <laughs> in other ways as well. <laughs> um, so Saladin had this. Um, method of we are defending what we have right mm-hmm. the fallen are attacking us we hold our ground all we have to do is is hold our ground until they run out of resources is essentially what he seems to be doing versus yeah. Shaxx going out Shaxx wanted to go out into where the fallen were and, and create an offensive attack yeah it's an interesting, you know, it's a, it's a it's an, it's a strange mentality from from Saladin. Really, obviously, we don't fully understand his justification, but it it seems as though, you know, that is the definition of a siege, and generally, the person, well, the the side being sieged, is at a disadvantage, and, you know, I I mean, that's not entirely true. I am no strategist, so. You know, I'm just kind of, kind of, 
um, using what little knowledge I have, but it does seem like a, a, a fairly bad idea for the the city to try and just outlast the fallen. Like the fallen have so many resources, you know. They have they have ships, they have um, you know networks spanning various planets. Uh, the, the, you know, I, I would presume they have supply lines. So, yeah, and I mean, really, it seems like the only thing that um, Fallen needs to survive is ether. Yeah, I don't know, I, I don't really understand Saladin's logic, but perhaps what it boils down to is that he wasn't willing to risk people's lives to um, strike back at the Fallen. I think that I brought this up in our... Iron Lords episode, maybe. Yes, I think you did. Um, yeah, where we are, we were kind of psychoanalyzing people, <laughs> and and that Saladin seems very conservative in his choices when it comes to um, the lives of guardians and people he cares about, and it could be that on the surface we have. Saladin saying, no, we need to just stay here and wait until the Fallen stop versus Shaq saying, no, we need to go out and attack them. Well, it might not be that Saladin had a problem with an offensive strike so much as he had a problem with the specific way that Shaq's wanted to go about that offensive strike. Yeah. We don't know what the details were Mm -hmm. of the plan, so it's hard to say either way, but it could, but my interpretation is that Saladin thought that it was too risky for whatever reason and that was what his biggest problem was yeah and kind of expanding on that point a little bit even though it is quite difficult to kill a guardian and you know I mean fair enough it it isn't that difficult to kill a guardian but it's difficult to permanently kill a guardian um, we do know that guardians were killed at Twilight Gap. Yes. Um, the Gjallarhorn is described as being built out of the armor of fallen guardians. Uh, I probably which really seems like poor wording. I just have to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I mean, it actually it does say. Let me just let me just open up the card, but it does say fallen, doesn't it? I'm pretty sure it does. Oh, no, sorry. It doesn't say that. Oh, it doesn't. Okay. Well, that was my wording then. Still <laughs> seems bad. Like it bad says, wording. It um, says, the Gjallarhorn shoulder-mounted rocket system was forged from the armor of guardians who fell at the Twilight Gap. Okay. So, yep. Dodged that wolf pack Phew. around. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, so we know that, that Saladin and Shax fell out, um, at some point after that, after the Battle of Twilight Gap, um, if Saladin was the vanguard commander, he stepped down, and Zavala became the new, um, vanguard commander, so what did Shax do next? So... According to the card Crucible Handler, 
Um, he, after leading the counterattack um, that pushed the fallen from the city walls, says, fearing that another full-scale assault would be more than the city could repel, Shax chose to stay in the city to mentor guardians in the crucible. Which brings up a lot of questions about when the crucible was formed. Yeah, and that's a that's a whole. I mean, we could have an episode just on trying to figure that out, because there are some very reasonable theories that the crucible is something that has existed as long as the city has existed, and that it was originally something run by the various factions. Um. And some people believe that Shax came in at a later point and kind of legitimized the Crucible as a as a way of training Guardians rather than um, simply as entertainment. But there, there is the more um, widely believed and, and straightforward belief um, that Shax started the Crucible. And I think there's I think there's some evidence against that. I think there's some mentions that predate you know, based on the timeline, I can't remember exactly where these were now, but based on the timeline I think there are some references to the crucible that predate Twilight Gap, which is why these other theories exist, if that makes sense. Yeah, well and we know that at some point the crucible was something that was a little bit more unregulated mm. because we have cards that talk about the different um, different foundries and, and things placing bets on the crucible matches and how it used to be really dirty fighting and and um, different fa- factions and different yeah. foundries trying to rig games that's true and, and so we also have evidence you know in in the, the crucible that we know um, there are no permanent guardian deaths but you know we still don't really know for certain but it's it's it seems very likely that um Pahanan was killed by Dredgen Yor in the crucible yes so that's pretty much what we know about as far as the crucible coming yeah. in after twilight gap we know Shax took it over, whether it, that means that he founded it or he just reformed it mm-hmm. a little bit up in the air. But in any case, he became the crucible handler for the tower. And then um, in the Legend St. 14 card where St. 14 headbutts the Kel, he is then sent to Mercury by the speaker um, after hearing about Osiris. And that is the last that we hear of Saint 14. <sighs> yeah. So that's another mystery that Twilight Gap has created for us. It is, yeah. So, um, yeah, that covers most of the points that we had down for Twilight Gap. Yeah, it's another thing that is a very, very significant event, mm-hmm. but we don't have all that much concrete information about it. Yeah. I mean, we even have a quote 
um, from Ghost Fragment Fallen 4 about when it happened that says this happens long ago, but not too long to matter. Yeah, That's really helpful. Thank you. And I know there's been some debate around whether or not Twilight Gap occurred before or after Mare Imbrium. Um, I think there's, I think the consensus is that Twilight Gap happened before Mare Imbrium, but I can't remember why that's the case now. Well, I know that there, you know, during Twilight Gap is, Twilight Gap happened concurrently with the Reef Wars, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that prior to the Reef Wars, the Reef was hidden from the Tower. Uh, the mm -hmm. we have a whole thing in, uh, from the Queen about whether she was going to stop the wolves and reveal herself to the Tower or stay hidden and safe. Mm -hmm. And then um, in Petra's storyline, we know that there was an attack on the moon and she called a strike in on some fall or on some hive that ended up killing some guardians and that's what got her in trouble with the queen and why she was sent to the tower as a liaison and all that kind yeah. of thing mm -hmm. so that kind of implies that twilight gap happened before mari and brim yeah um and i think there's also so in the in the rays lighter card um shucks bursts into a consensus meeting and uh, it's uh, it's a Zavala that is present in the meeting. So I know we're not 100% certain whether or not Saladin was the vanguard commander before Twilight Gap, but it seems it seems likely. So um, Shaxx uh, bursts into this meeting and basically says, you know, you can't be serious about attacking the moon. And Zavala says, you know, this isn't the the, the right time and place to be doing this. Um, and if this had taken place before Twilight Gap, then Shax would have been bursting in to a meeting um, with um, Saladin. Right. So yeah, th there are a few, there are a few hints. Basically, that there might be others that I'm that I'm not aware of that make it. It seems it seems quite likely that. Um, the the events, the great disaster at Mare Imbrium take place after Twilight Gap. And I suppose as well it is a like, you know, we were talking about how the city was maybe kind of slightly isolationist before Twilight Gap and wasn't striking out. And the attack on the moon is definitely definitely an instance of them striking out. So I suppose that lends a bit of weight to the possibility that it was um, that it took place that it was Twilight Gap and then Mare Imbrium and yeah. actually I just I just googled um, Twilight Gap Mare Imbrium mm -hmm. and um, there's a post on Reddit uh, on the Destiny Law Reddit by Enigmatic Wanderer and he says that 
Um, he, he basically uses the same reason for, for as ra the, the Razor Lighter card and the Cloak of the Shadow Jacks. Um, although, Drop Slash from Destiny Ghost Stories, I don't have time to read it, but he, he has a, um, a fairly lengthy response. So maybe I should have read that before this episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not here to debate the timeline, so... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all I've got on Twilight Gap. How about you? That's everything for me, yeah. Um, although I did, I did have a question, actually. Um, okay. When we talk about Twilight Gap, it sounds like it's a place. And... It sounds like the the crucible map is Twilight Gap. It, does that make sense? Yes. So that was um is the battle named because that was a key location in the battle. Could just be where that batter, battle took place. But we did I mean if it was such a significant battle then it would be all around the city. It wouldn't be you know t as far as I can tell Twilight Gap is a fairly small place yeah not necessarily because it depends on the style of siege that the fallen were attempting mm. we know that the fallen had attempted s sieging the city on multiple fronts in the past because of six fronts mm -hmm. right um and they were clearly unsuccessful so perhaps they thought they'd try a different strategy and put all of their forces in one spot that they thought was the weak, a weakest spot to try to overwhelm the guardians um, in one spot versus spreading out their own resources. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. There okay. are many, many, many battles that are called, you know, yeah. battle at Antietam, battle at Battle of Atlanta, mm -hmm. you know, that are called that because they're in one pl one spot um mm. and so the field that we have as a crucible map could be just like that's just where their siege was it's also possible that the field of twilight gap is not like that or the map that we have is not the entire field yeah and I think as well, you know, the, f the Frontier um, Crucible map, which we know was one of the sites where the battle, you know, um, that site was affected by the battle. And Yeah, it was abandoned and assaulted prior to the yeah. official Battle of Twilight Gap. Um, and y I know that you can see Twilight Gap from, from Frontier. You can see the Twilight Gap Crucible map from Frontier. So yeah. th that that makes sense, you know. Um, th the battle might have been around Twilight Gap, and that and the twi and Twilight Gap may have been the point that the the Fallen considered the the best place to try and um, break through the the defenses of the city. Mm. Cool. Okay, well, that was my last question. <laughs> um, <laughs> can't think of anything else. Great. 
So that's all that we have to talk about on the Battle of Twilight Gap. Um, if you have any thoughts or ideas or questions, then please let us know. Um, you can contact us on Twitter at Ishtar Call, or you can find other contact information on our website, www.ishtar-collective.net. I've been Baxter. I've been Purple Chimera. See you next time. Bye.